Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. So it's uh, all for play for still. I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hello, everybody, and welcome to Fertile Love of Pomegranate Podcast. Apologies for the little gremlins in the system there earlier on. Paddy couldn't hear me, and I couldn't hear me. So uh, that's a bit of an issue. Although, to some people, that could be a blessing in disguise, not being able to hear me. Um, Paddy, what's the crack? We haven't seen you in ages, Paddy. You saw me Sunday. <laughs> yeah, but that's ages. That's fucking five days ago nearly. You just haven't seen me since the match, that's all. I haven't seen you since the match, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah obviously, I, I would have came on, but there was a little bit of a scuffle up in the upper tier of the stand, and I wanted to get the family out of there, so we uh, we got out of there. But when I got out of there, I ended up being all the Man City fans, so I couldn't exactly come on yeah. and start talking about how shitty their club is and how pissed <laughs> off I was with them while yeah, they're all yeah. standing looking at me. Not that they'd have done anything anyway. They're full of handbags and... And uh, yeah, it's just it was one of those days. But look, it's uh it's the last time I'll go there. I'd say it's the last time I give them any money. The arrogance of the whole club just upset me something fierce over the weekend. I met I must have I must have spoke to nearly a hundred Man City fans over the weekend, and not one of them worried about any of these allegations. Not not even the slightest bit worried. That's the arrogance. That's 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 what all that money gives you. And, and yeah, as a club, they never were like that, you know. And arrogance no. wouldn't be what you'd associate with them, with you know. Yeah, right. I I grew up back in the eighties and the nineties with my dad being a Man City fan, going going the main road with him. I loved it. They were great people, so down to earth. And now it's just like if that's what success does to you, well, what's the point of football? What, what if that if if Aston Villa ever got so successful that they did that to me? You know, I'd prefer someone 
bloody put me down or take my season ticket off me. If Villa, us Villa fans have a, no matter where they are in the world, they have a propensity to be able to bring it down a notch every so often. You know, we're always one one move away from doom. You know, and and, and I joke and I say that I think it's just watch my little hot water bottle that said you how cold it's been in here over the day today. Um, but uh, that's a bit of a detraction there. Uh, but we like as you say that was Man City at the weekend, and we're not going to go over all ground there because look. Uh, as I say, we look forward towards uh, towards Arsenal. And uh, you're going again. You're off on your travels again, Paddy. Off to Arsenal this weekend. Yeah. Um, don't know how I've put myself through this misery, but I'm, I'm going to do it anyway. But <laughs> it might be my last one for a while. Um, yeah, my, my son is on his midterm break and we haven't been in a while. So we ended up going to the two of these because of how it works out. He's just finished the exams and then he's back mm. into it next week. So... Just a little treat for him to, you know, get his spirits up. Well, you know, whether it does that or not, is another story. Well, I <laughs> but, think... uh, look, don't get me, don't get me wrong. I, I had a great day Sunday. I got to see some old friends. We we a good laugh. We had a few points and a good a good chat uh, about everything other than Villa and Villa. So, uh, you know, and I met and for the first time ever, I met so many people around me in the stadium. That actually watch and listen to the podcast. Really? So it was a good old, it was a good old laugh. Yeah, a guy that was sitting in front of me throughout the game stood up at the end and he goes, uh, "How are you, Paddy? I love the show." And now I realise why you never do a watch along. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can't do a watch along. Like it's no, genuinely. I, well, I, I couldn't. I, I'd be arrested if we don't watch along. I'm surprised I don't get arrested in the stadium wherever I am. Yeah. So. It's it's just one of those things that does just doesn't suit me because for that for that ninety minutes I go totally head neck and ears into the game and it just completely overtakes me more so when I'm in the stadium than I am at home but you know I try to be measured when when I have my family with me but not always easy <laughs> when stuff is going wrong on the pitch but look I hope we learned a lot from last weekend there was there was there were some mistakes in there I thought I thought when we saw. Coutinho and what Coutinho did to them last season it was probably a mistake not to have him in from the start and I think it would be a mistake not to have him into the start on Sunday mm. and it it proves a lot that we um we uh we rely on Tyrone Mings so much that if uh that if he's not there we're in trouble so we need to get Diego Carlos back and fit um that's that's no dig on the man that I love uh Callum Chambers, he he didn't have the best of days, but as as I said in the in the pre in the the pre match when when he was picked, he needs a run of games before you see him, you know, being up up to the pace. You you can't expect him to come in against one of the best strikers in the world and and be world class when when you're not playing at that level week in week out. So I felt sorry for him. I genuinely felt sorry for him on Sunday. I don't think there's a future for him at the club, but I genuinely felt not sorry, enough. and I felt no, sorry. I... For him. Felt sorry for a lot of them, really, but uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of things I could pick out about that game, but I think we just got to put it behind us now and look towards what we can do at the weekend. And there's a few changes in mind that I have that might need just a little bit of a tweak, and um, especially if we don't have uh, if we don't have Mings, I think we're in a spot of bother. Um, like yeah, I, I I I feel sorry for him up to a point. I don't feel sorry for him with that header for the second goal because like I, I you know, we call balls and strikes here uh, all week long. Um, you know when players do something that just 
boggles. That that was a mind boggler for me. But I think in the second half he he got the grips of things and um and he looked he looked a more solid player. Albeit yeah. he had a bit more of the ball in the second half. You know. And in uh, fairness, they all looked better. They all looked better in the yeah, second half. I think so too. Yeah, I think so too. It's uh. Yeah, it was a proverbial game of two halves, and maybe we looked better because we weren't in fear of Haaland when he went off. So yeah, it's it was a strange it was a strange game, uh, strange atmosphere, very very disappointing for on a personal level from a from a Villa level for the for the FA to to or the Premier League to announce those charges last week and really roil up Man City because credit where it's due. When the chips were down, the crowd got behind them. Now, when I say they got behind, they got behind them till they went three 0 up, and then some people left and then never came back <laughs> half time. Which which goes for the Villa fans too. There was two sitting beside me, got up at half time as a good boy. That's their prerogative if they feel that way. I, I spoke to a guy today who left after fifteen minutes, totally pissed off and disillusioned. So to come all the way from Birmingham to Manchester and and leave after fifteen minutes was unbelievable. It's Even like with the, 30 quid, were they 30 quid tickets? 30 quid tickets. It's not like the, the beer was anything special around Manchester. As <laughs> as I, I sent you a point of Guinness in an, a horrible plastic oh, Jesus, glass. That was, that was a horrible looking thing. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it, was a, it was a unique experience because of what the Premier League did last week and announcing those charges. And, and strategically, you know, the, to do it last week instead of this week, and given the fact that, that they more or less admitted they got a couple of them wrong, they rushed it out and they rushed it out to give Aston Villa the spanking and not do it the week after when they were playing Arsenal in two games in a week. So, fuck you, Premier League. That's all I can say about that. And, yeah, it has had the opposite effect. Uh, Man City now sit top of the league. Arsenal, yeah. and that's and we, we play Arsenal at Arsenal at one and four. Um, mm. And I don't know that it's a good thing or whether it's a bad thing for Aston Villa coming up against Arsenal who haven't won in four. But I thought last night, Paddy, when 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 I looked at that Arsenal performance, um they it it like when when their backline doesn't fire or when a team gets in around their backline, and I know I'm talking about Man City here with regards to this, but when uh when when the team gets in around their backline and gets gets a goal um, and then gets another one in, sh- in quick succession. I'm not saying for any minute that we have any God-given right to do this. You know, Arsenal haven't had that an awful lot this season. But when Man mm. City did it, I thought there was no way Arsenal were getting back into it to win two or to draw two all or even go back to win three two. You know, when they went two win down, I never thought that they were going to be able to claw that one back. They just didn't look like it. They brought on Trossard. Um, they brought on. Uh, what else did they bring on? Gosh, my mind has gone blank at the moment. But they brought on a couple of players there to try and to try and mix it up uh, in the second half. Fabio Vieira came on, I think, as well. And while they huffed and they puffed and they had the ball in the back of the net, and it was ruled off, I think, for offside. Um, you know, just or sorry, they they yeah, they had a couple of chances. It just didn't work. You know, um, they they didn't look like they could get back into it. Um, now, once again, who do you want to play when you're on a bad run of form? Is going to be Aston Villa. So I'm hoping that this early kickoff will suit us from the point of view that we've had a full week to recover they've obviously played on a Wednesday night and that that loss is going to hurt them I think the the crowd didn't respond well to that game no they didn't and and they they were great during the game I thought I actually I actually enjoyed the the atmosphere and 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 the game itself um there was a couple of dodgy decisions thrown in there as well I thought 
Um, but look, it's a uh, if if there was ever a good time to play Arsenal, it could be a good time. As bad as it was to play City last week, I thought it was a really bad time to play them. This is probably the best time to play Arsenal. But their tails will be up. But if they if they try and force the issue, I think we'll punish them. But I'm not holding out any hope with that. I'm just saying it's probably the better time to be playing them, having having that one and fourth. They one draw in there, hadn't they? Was it Brighton? I can't remember who the Brentford. Who the Brentford, the one where they should have won that game. You know, it was clearly offside. And um, who was it? Lee Mason forgot to draw the lines. Um, Paddy, actually, before it goes out of my mind, do you want to tell me who's on? Who's our fourth official for this weekend? I couldn't really care less who the fourth official is, but I know Simon Hooper is the referee, and I know the fourth official was stood down last week, so or taken off a game or something. Like, look, they're all as bad as each other. We saw it last night. There was a stonewall penalty for me for Arsenal, and they just waved it away. Whereas some the wind changed direction and blew over Jack Grealish at the weekend, and they couldn't wait to give the fucking penalty. So it, it doesn't matter. The, 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 these referees, the whole team, every single one of them, are totally incompetent. I've just lost complete faith in them over the last... <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm rapidly losing faith in football. And, and these people don't realise what they're doing. But they're just an absolute farce of an organisation, this PGMOL. I don't know how they've got away with it so long. They've, they got rid of Mike Riley. They brought in Howard Webb. What difference is that going to make? He wasn't exactly impartial during his time as a referee either. Well, how many pictures of Howard Webb did you see with a Man United jersey superimposed on him? Because that, you know, that's what he's famous for. Yeah. So, Leopards don't change their spots. Although the referee that we have this weekend, Simon Hooper, who I always said was my favourite Premier League referee, came up for the championship, did a great job, always explained to the players what he's doing. And now he's just an arrogant prick with a whistle in his hand. He's the same as the rest of them. You know, so he's he's changed his whole philosophy on refereeing to get to the top. So good luck to him. I hope he enjoys it, but I certainly don't enjoy looking at it. Um. So we're going to get, we'll get to, and I know you mentioned it a moment ago about the likes of Tyrone Mings and that, but uh, I think that's really going to be where everybody's eyes are going to be, going to be mainly yeah. drawn to it the weekend. Will Tyrone Mings be in there at centre half? I've got other positions though that I want to see addressed. I think midfield might be overhauled at the weekend. Um, I also think that Alex Moreno will come in at left back. Um, I, Luke, you you know, I'm just I'm just not seeing defending from Luca Dean at the moment. I'm just not mm. seeing it. I'm not seeing it to the to the caliber. And I'm not saying that, that he can't get it back or he's a bad player or anything like that. I just think that when you've got the option to stand a player down for a week or two, I think that we should we should take that. But I think midfield will be revamped. I wouldn't be surprised, as you said, to see Coutinho start. Um I wouldn't be surprised to see John McGinn start. Um actually I think John McGinn has to start. I think I know, so it's not. It's not even that I wouldn't be surprised. I think I would be surprised if he didn't start. And you know mm. what, Paddy? I um without uh without going going in on the um, Bailey, like I think I think you start John Duran. I don't think there's anything we lost by in this game starting an unknown quantity like him because you know we're seeing Leon Bailey is gun shy at the moment. He's mm. uh and this is the second or third time it's happened to him in his career at Aston Villa. Only been here two a year and a half, and he suffers from from bouts of visible lack of lack of confidence and that's fine and the club needs to help him through that but we can't have him on the well, field I, I think at this what stage I, what i saw at the weekend was a visible lack of interest and that's worse and that annoyed oh, the shit out of me at the weekend I, well 
the, the, the beauty of being that. in the stadium, you can see what his movement is off the ball, and it was non-existent. It was like a man that was playing with lead in, lead in his boots. And he wasn't the only one. I'm, I'm going to make this observation now, and I know all our training has changed, and there's a lot of extra training going on, but the players look tired. I watched them in the warm-up as well. They look tired. So... We can't, we can't, uh, we can't legislate for that either. That that could be something that's going on behind the scenes. We know that there's extra training sessions going on. We know there's more classroom-based training going on. Are the players tired? I think they might be. So it's no harm, I think, to put Moreno in there, to bring in Maddie Cash again, to put McGinn back in, to put Coutinho in there. But most of all, I loved watching John Duran. I just I just watched the fella that looked like he won a competition to get on the pitch and was going to do everything he bloody could to make sure he was picked the next day. So, great work rate from him. Absolutely phenomenal. And you just don't know what you're going to get. So, if there was ever a day to put him in there, it's this weekend for sure. I think so too. At home versus, what, two weeks ago where the champions elective uh, of England bring him in. He's a bit of heft in him. I liked how he threw his arse around there. He's obviously been been uh, learning from John McGinn, except he was doing it like seven foot in the sky when he was jumping for the ball. <laughs> He's going to get pinged by referees for that. He's not Harry Kane. He's going to get pinged for it. But I like that. Obviously, he cracked one off the crossbar, and I think that it would give the fans a big lift. And to be honest with you, I don't even I, I, I couldn't care less if he came in and had a five or a six out of ten. You know, we're at this stage whereby seeing him getting getting relevant game time in the Premier League and building upon that week on week at the moment is going to be a positive I think for us because we're in it with the, for the long haul with him um yeah. and we hope that he's going to going to going to um increase in his potential but I want to go back to the John McGinn uh, to the John McGinn call a moment ago because there's something with Jacob Ramsey since he's come back from injury he just doesn't look quite right it's not that he doesn't fit into the Unai Emery thing. I, I, I saw on Twitter some people saying that, that, that Jacob Ramsey does, doesn't seem to fit in with Unai Emery. He absolutely did before the World Cup break. He did before he got injured. And I think there's just a little bit in him since the injury that uh, he's he's just not affecting the game as, he, as much as he used to before. Now, statistically, I used to, uh, when, when we were putting together uh, midfielder statistics and stuff like that, you know, Jacob, Jacob Ramsey's, stats were never really they never jumped off the pages being anything special but what he used to do is he used to affect the game like when he got the ball he was good he had he had a decent assist rate a decent goal rate or a decent progressive carry rate and where when he doesn't have that and he becomes very ineffectual within the game and once again I know that we're I know that I'm talking about this is the second player that I would say maybe stand him down for a game or two and give someone else a go in there I think that's where John McGinn should come in come in for a Jacob Ramsey and uh, I'm I'm okay with Buendia maybe getting another run if it's not Coutinho. Um, I'm okay with that. But I, I do think that, that we need to see a John McGinn in there. Maybe bring Ramsey off the bench for 25 minutes um, to, to cover for for the, um, the the tired legs. What do you think, Paddy? Did you notice anything from being in the stadium at the weekend? I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify.
With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Well, apart from what I just said about what I, what I thought, a lot of players look tired. Um, I, I just think it needs a little bit of a freshening up. And it could be a lot of a freshening up. There, there could easily be four or five changes in this team and nobody will bat an eyelid. And I mean that. I thought Ashley Young looked, looked leggy, um, albeit... You know, it was a strange kind of first half where I'm not sure which one of them knew <laughs> where they should be. Ramsey was kind of looked like he'd been given the task to marshal Jack as much as he could, but we all know that's an impossible task. Like so, it, it really meant that form, isn't he? It meant Jack that uh, it meant that um, Young was kind of caught out of position a few times and was just a little bit alien. I I felt they probably should have left him to it left Young to it and, and left Young put something in on him early on. That's what I'd have done anyway. The minute he got the ball out in the wing the first time, I'd have just gone through him and man man and ball. But anyway, we won't we won't talk about him for too long. Um look, McGinn has had his rest, he's had his injury. He's probably the fresher of those coming back in. I think Moreno should be fresh. Duran should definitely be fresh. Coutinho should be fresh. So that that's just to name a few. Um special shout out to Ollie Watkins I I've always never been his biggest fan. I I finally come around to the idea that there's a place for him in that team if we can find the proper partner for him, because he just he he actually frightens defenders. You can see it. They backed off him and backed off him for that goal, and I I actually didn't celebrate it. I sat there waiting on something to be some flag to go up or some VAR call. Um, it was just expected at this stage, but uh, yeah, other other than. Other than Ollie Watkins, who I think whose his position is safe, I think any anyone across the the top half of the pitch could be changed. And it, with Mings coming back in, I think the only other player who's guaranteed a spot is uh, is Bubakar Kamara, Douglas Louise, and uh, Esri Konza. Conning mm. uh, Stato to Isle Five, Stato to Isle Five, and call me out on this if it isn't correct. We will get to those other fantastic stats that you popped in in a moment. Um, but if I'm not mistaken. I was going to say Louis Barry because I was reading the comments. Um, Ali Watkins has the fourth highest goal to or uh, fourth highest goal to game ratio for Aston Villa. Uh, oh geez, I've butchered it. Um, I think something since the Martin O'Neill era or something like that, or maybe even in the Premier League. I can't remember what it is, but like thirty-four mm. goals in in a hundred games, um, is not bad going, um. 100 league perform- league games yeah. um because he had his 100 league league uh, performance or league uh, appearance um at the weekend um isn't a bad return considering that uh, um what is it Gabriel Bonner with 89 goals or 87 goals or something like that is our is is our top league goal scorer and i i, I think that Ali Watkins can get double figures again this year well he's on seven goals already so i'd be very pissed off if he didn't get double figures at this rate that would mean that he'd have to go completely in between now and the end of the season um but uh 
you know, his finish, I thought his finish against Man City was really good. I don't think Ederson expected him to finish it the way that he did. He um, didn't expect him to go across him, no, I don't no, think so. I don't. I, I didn't expect him to go across him. When he went across him, I I, and, and nestled in the bottom net, I went, what a finish. And uh, maybe that's what he needs to do. Maybe he just needs to swing a leg at it. Because we've mm. said it often. Remember against, who did we play before that? Who did we play before Arsenal? God, my mind has gone blank. Leicester. Uh, Leicester. Remember against Leicester when he took that extra touch and even the commentators are saying, why is he taking an extra touch? Swing a leg at it. Um, yep. Maybe that's what he's decided to do now. And at the end of the day, he's kind of said, look, they, they're whistling to the back of the net, then fair play to me. Um, mm. you know, so fair, uh, And that is right, I think, fair play to him. He's had He's been rejuvenated since Unai Emery has come in. But as you said, finding a right strike partner for him is going to be very important. And who's to say it isn't John Duran? Well, it's either going to be John Duran or Leon Bailey because it isn't. there isn't anybody else there. The cupboards are bare apart from that. So, um, Well, Bertie, Bertie is there. Bertie, yes, you're dead right. You're dead right. Mm. Bertie is there. And, I just uh, think we need, we need somebody else just to give them a little bit more to think about at the back. And yeah. I just think... John Duran being that little buzzer bee in, in around Ernie Watkins and playing closer to him than Leon Bailey does could be something that we could look at from the start. That's That would be my wish for Saturday. I, I, I don't know how bad the injury is and we'll probably know tomorrow because that will be the, surely the first question uh, if, if the incompetent journalists don't ask somebody had for fucking breakfast in, instead of asking them the questions we want to hear. But we need to know if, if Ings is going to be fit before the match because... If Ings, I, 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 Mings. Or Mings, 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 Mings. If Ings on the brain... All habits die hard. All habits die hard, Paddy. Uh, so <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm praying that that's the most important thing for me the weekend is that John, uh, Tyrone Mings starts and then we start to shuffle the pack further up the pitch. That, that, that needs to be done. Whether he'll do it or not, we don't know how stubborn this guy is. We haven't been obviously watching him for too long. So he he has persevered with Leon Bailey. I think the game is up. I, I think he's, he's had too, enough chances and it's time to well, change. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm of the opinion that we like that it's okay to stand players down for a game or two um, or three or whatever the case is. He did it, it with Matty Cash. Exactly, know, he did it with Matty Cash. rotated enough. Yeah. Yeah. He, he did it with Matty Cash and Ashley Young came in and Ashley Young kept his place. You know, at that period of time, we would be saying, ooh, Matty Cash gets back in after the World Cup and, and we've seen fleeting little of him. You know, and we mm. saw a little of him prior to the World Cup as well since Una Emery came in. So we know that he does it. And I think it's a good policy to do that when you've got a settled squad, you're able to do that because players know that they just have to work harder to get back into the team. You're not bombing anyone out of the squad as such. Uh, it just makes, it just focuses people's minds. You know, focuses mm. people's uh, and gives them a break, as I said, Paddy. And, and I see a couple of comments there. People asking, "How could the team be tired?" And I think you kind of said it there as well. It's different training methods and getting used to those training methods. And we're only eight, maybe twelve weeks into this, um, and we had the World Cup. Yes, I know, in the middle of it. But um, you know, there is a potential that for that for those different training methods to be uh, to to not be hitting home. Um, you have to get used. Or, to, you have to get. You have to get used to the whole setup yeah. again. And I, as, as we all know, there's an awful lot of class-room-based training involved with Unai Emery, and with, and with his English mental tiredness, is it more mental so tired? Yeah, and his, his English is not completely as good as we would like to see. Like we we know that from the interviews, so it, it, it's going to be a lot more difficult to get his point across, especially to the the English-speaking players. So 
there's going to be a lot, a lot of day of days where they've got long days in that training ground, and they to me they look tired. People are perfectly entitled to their opinion. That's just what I think. Mm. I like I I I can't say as I saw tiredness out in the field. I could see lapses of concentration. I could see the fact that I could see a nervousness. I could see um. I'm going to say it. I could see an overwhelmed kind of uh, feeling after 10 minutes in that first half. It was just wave after wave after wave after wave coming at them. Um, and I think they're all kind of natural, natural kind of feelings uh, to get. But, you know, it's the good teams, it's the good players, it's the leaders that kind of rise above that overwhelmed feeling and kind of gather people around them and garrison people. Mm. Um, I, I didn't see the tiredness. But then again, I wasn't at the game. You had a completely different view. You saw them in the warm-up and so on and so forth. So, um, you know, I can... I. Uh, and as I say, that's that's your opinion of the situation, which is completely and one hundred percent valid as well. But um, Arsenal are going to come here, and they've got a couple of injuries of their own, Paddy. You know, um, the man who very nearly joined Aston Villa two years ago. I'm trying to figure out. I wonder would he want? Would he be thinking back? Maybe, damn, I should have joined Aston Villa. Emil Smith Rowe, he's going to be out. Um, Thomas Partey is going to be out. Uh, it looks like uh, obviously they're going to be without Gabriel Jesus, somebody who I think they're really missing at this moment in time. And I think if they have him against Man City, that just his movement and his sheer um, trying to get one back against the scorned lover uh, would uh, would have uh, have made a big difference there. Uh, obviously, they're going to have Jorginho is going to be, is going to be in there, and um, their back four is now settled at White, Saliba, uh, Gabriel, and uh, Zinchenko. And, uh, you know, we're going to have to be very, very wary of the two boys at, on, on each wing and Martinelli and, Zach and Saka, who up until two weeks ago were arguably the two form wide players in, in the Premier League. So superbly formidable um, team that they will that they will have at the weekend. And uh, Villa, like as you said, Tyrone Mings and, uh, and uh, the other injuries that we have. They're really going to need to be back and firing fit again, I, I, I think, because... But I, I still think we can get something from this, Paddy. I think we can frustrate teams enough. And let's not forget, though, that we've Unai Emery coming back to prove a point against Arsenal for the first time in the Premier League since he was sacked. And I wonder, is that going to have a bearing on the game? Um, It, sh- it should do with the players. The players will want to do it for him, I would imagine. Um, it, It's a difficult one. Uh. Look, it's it's a factor in the game, but the the biggest factor in the game is Ar- Arsenal are completely and utterly, uh, you know, they're, they're on the on the floor at the moment, so they're they're going to need some guidance from somewhere. And um, we know Arteta is a, a great guy; he's got he's got magic out of these players so many times over the last couple of years. It took a while to get him there, so he's going to want to get one over on Unai Emery, I'm sure as well. So. The, the the mitigating factors here are injuries and who we've got available to us. I I think I think we're in trouble without Mings. I think that I think they'll rattle us early on if 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 that's the case. So we'll see. Uh, AVFC Stato. Oh, actually, firstly, Matt. Matt, sorry, I completely missed this. Matt. Matt Hanlon again. Thank you so much. And I want to say the best use of the word Pollyannish, um, that I could have possibly seen today. Um, it's not a word that crossed my radar and uh. Um, brilliant. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for that. Um, AVFC Stato has some statistics as well. Um, first one here is nine of Aston Villa's 34 Premier League goals conceded this season have come in the opening 15 minutes of games, both a league high total and percentage. However, the villains have also scored a league high share, 31% of their Premier League goals in this time frame this season. 
which is eight from 26. Um, Aston Villa lost 4-2 against Leicester in their last home league game, but haven't lost consecutive matches at Villa Park since April of last year. And lastly, but certainly not leastly, Aston Villa have won five out of their last six Premier League games that have kicked off at 12.30 on a Saturday, keeping a clean sheet in four of those wins. And how we would love that at this, uh, I'd love that again this weekend. And do you know what, Paddy? I was going to ask more some more kind of questions to kind of keep this one going on, but I think we're going to end on that because that's a nice statistic to have. And it's a nice one to have and finish on, um, on a happy ending. Not that one for any of you out there with gutter minds. And that might be something that we might bring into the podcast. We might have a happy ending at every match uh, match preview uh, that we, 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 we have in future. So, um, Paddy, what time are you flying out Flying out at? Uh, whatever time tomorrow evening. Can't remember. Is it the 9 o'clock or the 7 o'clock flight? Something like that, yeah. 7 o'clock from Shannon, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was looking up flights myself. I'm not too far behind you uh, in getting over to Villa Park again. I have one more trip in me um, this season. I think I'll get over for one game and uh, I've got to pick it and choose it. Um, it's looking potentially like Easter weekend um, that I might get over, but uh, more to come on that. Um, right, Paddy, I wish you all the best in your safe travels over there. For everybody else going to the game, if there's anybody traveling over, I know there's a contingent of people from Ireland going over to it. I wish you all um, safe travels as well. Uh, here's hoping that Aston Villa do the business. I hope they get to bed early tonight, early tomorrow night, and uh, that maybe somebody has uh, sets off the fire alarm or something in the Arsenal in the Arsenal Hotel um, or does some shenanigans that gives us that extra 10% that we get something out of this game. But thanks again, everybody, so much for joining us here on the podcast. Thanks a million for um, for everything you do. Um, we're going to leave it at that. I, um, I'm also going to be over on uh, the Villa View in about five minutes' time. I've just been messaged to remind me of because I fucking completely forgot all about it. <laughs> so thanks, Adam Bates, for that. Um, but thanks a million, everybody. We'll be back for, with a team sheet tantrum and a post-match on Sunday, on Saturday. So we'll see you then. In the meantime, stay safe, stay healthy, and all that's left to say is up the villa. Up the villa. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.